0: This is the audiobook podcast of Impromptu, amplifying our humanity through AI. It is narrated using voice technology from Microsoft Labs that has been trained on my voice. We are working on the frontier of things and that is plainly audible. Some parts feel stunningly indistinguishable from my own reading to even me. Others don't sound very human at all. They feel way off in tone of voice timing, cadence, etc. My philosophy has always been to launch early, even if you're truly embarrassed by your first product, and learn rather than wait until things are perfect. I hope you enjoy, and I look forward to your feedback. Chapter 5, Social Media At only 24, Jimmy Donaldson, a.k.a. Mr. Beast has created a collection of YouTube channels that collectively boast 221 million subscribers and more than 35 billion total views. Clearly he knows a thing or two about how to scale. One of the things that most stands out to me about Mr. Beast is how good he and his team are at creating titles for his videos that tell you exactly what you're gonna see in a way that makes you wanna watch it. Would you sit in Snakes for $10,000? 1,000 blind people see for the first time, can 50,000 magnets catch a cannonball? There's no question what any of those videos are about and no question that I wanna watch them. I mean, aren't you wondering right now, if 50,000 magnets can catch a cannonball, the content is the marketing, perhaps not surprisingly. Then one of the first things I did when I started thinking about GPT-4's potential impact on social media, was to spend an hour or so feeding GPT-4 various prompts to generate titles for potential Mr. Beast videos. While GPT-4 produced fairly generic responses, much of the time, its extreme generativity means its success rate doesn't have to be high. Here's a few that I felt were its best responses. Create 25 titles for funny Mr. Beast videos that feature a Lamborghini versus something else.
1: Lamborghini vs. 10,000 balloons. Can it float?
0: Create 25 titles for hilarious and creative Mr. Beast videos involving hot sauce.
1: I filled a pool with hot sauce and dared my friends to swim in it.
0: Create the headline for a Mr. Beast video, if Mr. Beast were a radical Marxist.
1: I bought an entire factory and gave it to the workers.
0: Create 20 titles for wacky and inventive MrBeast videos that involve the world's largest 3D printer, printing unusual things.
1: I 3D printed a giant ice cream cone and ate it with a forklift.
0: Create 20 titles for crazy Mr. Beast videos involving commercial space travel.
1: I hired Elon Musk to be my personal space guide.
0: Since I'm not exactly in Mr. Beast's demo, I'm definitely not the best judge of GPT 4's performance here. But don't you want to see if 10,000 balloons can make a Lamborghini float? At the very least, GPT 4 performed well enough to make me wonder what Mr. Beast and his team might come up with if they try to generate prompts with it too. If they ever do, they'll have a lot of company. Already, YouTube is filled with literally thousands of videos about ChatGPT. My favorites are the ones that directly engage ChatGPT. In one, an influencer who goes by the name Grackle gives ChatGPT a rave review after trying out its recipe for cookie dough stuffed cupcakes. It's actually really good. What a little dream match made in heaven. In another, a physician named Dr. Mike quizzes ChatGPT on a range of medical subjects. He is particularly impressed with ChatGPT's nuanced reply to a question involving ethics. That was a really smart answer. Section one, automation for the people. Doesn't surprise me that YouTube creators have greeted recent AI advances with enthusiasm. Social media has always been populated by upstarts and iconoclasts with often unorthodox ideas about where to push things next. It's also a medium where AI has played a defining role for some time. Automated content moderation algorithms help keep spam hate speech, disinformation, and not safe for human eyeballs, imagery at bay on most of the major platforms, enabling you to publish your own posts almost instantaneously without need for comparatively slow oversight from human moderators. AI algorithms help tailor content and product recommendations to your own specific tastes. Of course, AI can create issues in social media too. Algorithms designed to maximize user engagement can lead to filter bubbles, and echo chambers exposing users to narrower and more extreme kinds of content. Algorithms that create, say, auto-generated memories, videos can cause real discomfort if the resulting content includes people or occasions you'd rather not be reminded of. Importantly, with both the good and the bad social media users, haven't had much agency over how AI shapes their experiences. About the most they've been able to do is opt out of various uses, such as turning off personalized advertising or those memories videos. What they haven't had until recently are opportunities to use AI in kind of opt-in, largely self-directed ways The tools like gpt 4 and Dolly Tool enable. This is a theme I've touched on throughout this travelogue but it's especially relevant in this chapter. From its inception, social media worked to recast broadcast media's monolithic and passive audiences as interactive democratic communities in which newly empowered participants could connect directly with each other. They could project their own voices broadly with no editorial gatekeeping beyond a given platform's terms of service. Even with the rise of recommendation algorithms, social media remains a medium where users have more chance to determine their own pathways and experiences than they do in the world of traditional media. It's a medium where they've come to expect a certain level of autonomy, and typically, they look for new ways to expand it. Social media content creators also wear a lot of hats, especially when starting out. A new YouTube creator is probably not only functioning as her channel's on-screen talent, but also it's producer, director, writer, editor, publicist, etc. The utility of AI is obvious in this context. It's a powerful way for creators to amplify their productive power, but it also presents a seeming paradox. Precisely because of social media's hands-on do-it-yourself nature, authenticity is the medium's Lotus star. Creators and consumers alike value immediacy, spontaneity, and an explicitly human touch. So AI might at first glance seem like a tricky fit, but it's also true that the medium signature artifact, the selfie is as much a technological triumph as it is an aesthetic one, thanks to the smartphone superior form factor snapshot portraiture requires much less manpower than it once did. I believe AI will be an even more powerful instance of that dynamic. Section two, am I bought or not? While authenticity may be social media's coin of the realm, a lot of counterfeiting goes on there too. And I don't just mean aesthetically, like when an endless summer Instagram filter based the line between authenticity and artifice in an ambient golden glow. I mean, potentially harmful forms of deception, like fake news stories, manipulated video, or that farmer from Iowa on Twitter who isn't really a farmer or Iowan or human. Between the bots and the deep fakes, Does it really make sense to add this kind of AI to the mix while I address this in the journalism chapter? It makes sense to address it here too. After all, it's social media that has helped make disinformation so spreadable. It's worth remembering that things didn't start out this way in many of its earliest incarnations. Social media actually helped bring transparency and veracity to the online world. For example, when my co-founders and I launched LinkedIn 20 years ago. We were motivated largely by the fact that the divisions between cyberspace and the real world were rapidly collapsing. Instead of existing as a place that people went to under the cover of pseudonymous screen names, the internet had evolved into a place that people were using to facilitate their lives. They went there to buy things and stay in touch with their families and make plans with their real world friends in such a milieu. My co-founders and I realized digital platforms built on real identity, could be hugely beneficial to hundreds of millions of people. In LinkedIn's case, of course, we focused on professional identity to create trust on our platform. We positioned a user's identity in networks of affiliation. That way, you couldn't just craft a fictional persona out of thin air. Other users effectively confirmed that you were who you said you were. At Facebook, launched a year later, participation was initially limited to students with verified college email addresses. And while Facebook didn't require new users to upload photos of themselves, that's clearly the norm. It was hoping to establish, through such approaches, social media helped real identity take root online in a meaningful way for the the first time. And yet, social media's emphasis on broad participation also left it vulnerable to various kinds of deception, some human generated, some automated, as I've written elsewhere. I believe most social media platforms underestimated how much governance online communities would require, especially as they scale to hundreds of millions of users or more. Over time, most social media platforms have substantially increased their governance efforts, often through the use of AI tools To play a central role in combating disinformation, fraud, and other kinds of deception. But it's an ongoing battle. Facebook, for example, now regularly takes down more than 1 billion fake accounts per quarter. So even if we tried to prohibit broad democratic access to AI tools, fraud and deception challenges would persist. To me, the most effective and most equitable path forward involves thinking about new approaches rather than hard to enforce bans. As I described in the journalism chapter, I think flooding the zone with truth is one key way to combat disinformation. On a similar note, I think we'll start to see social media participants, and especially social media creators, develop and implement new ways to verify their status as human beings. Platforms themselves will likely participate in this process, continuing and expanding on their early efforts to establish real identity how exactly this will play out. I'm not sure, it just strikes me that as the logical consequence of living in a world where AI tools can convincingly simulate human expression. Actual humans will seek ways to convey that they are corporeal beings. In short, they will flood the zone with their humanity. If you're thinking that maybe this sounds like a lot of trouble to go through just to enable a world where hustle bros fill the web with spam and SEO content, It's important to always keep two key facts in mind. The first is that AI tools capable of communicating in human-like ways are by no means inherently deceptive. It's all about intention. A customer service chatbot that clearly conveys its status as a non-human entity is in fact behaving in an extremely authentic manner. The second is that while AI tools can potentially cause confusion, when used deceptively, they will also create great value when used transparently and straightforwardly. Section three, everyone has entered the chat. It took less than a week for ChatGPT to show how much people actually like conversing with chatbots when those chatbots possess human-like fluency instead of a narrow range of canned responses. So imagine when every airline, shipping service, online retailer, and government agency in the world begins to deploy chatbots as capable of answering your questions as GPT-4. Now, to extend this further and to bring this line of thought back to social media, imagine having extended conversations with chatbot versions of Mr. Beast, Michelle Obama, Benjamin Franklin, Marge Simpson, the world's best high school math tutor and expert on B2B marketing, etc., I'm not saying this world is coming next month or even next year, but I do think that large language model chatbots of this type will eventually join the ranks of books, podcasts, instructional videos, music albums, and other media formats that individuals use to syndicate their thoughts, values, personality, and creativity across time and space. Of course, this isn't an endeavor without risk, at least as long as large language models continue to produce hallucinations and other unintended consequences at not insignificant rates. So I don't expect someone of Michelle Obama's stature to lead the charge. Instead, it will likely be people who are willing to take on some risk in return for a shot at pioneering a field where early adopters could reap outsized rewards. My guess is that most will emerge from the ranks of social media in part this is because a chatbot like this could help address a common social media challenge. To show you what I mean, let's imagine a fictional YouTube creator I'll call Codiceus. Codiceus is a 25-year-old software developer who travels around North America in his van conversion, accompanied by his pet cat clickbait. When Codiceus arrives at a new destination, he usually ends up staying in the most unique Airbnb he can find. When no rentals are available, He just stays in his van. Since remote computer work is not particularly cinematic, Codiceus also spends a fair amount of time exploring his latest habitat in search of material. He can use in the weekly episodes. He posts to YouTube. Sometimes he takes odd jobs in the hope of creating more fodder for his channel. Sometimes he gives seminars to the locals on how to approximate his digital nomad life. In the early days of his channel, Codiceus was vigilant about answering every viewer comment within 24 hours. He quickly learned that maintaining this high level of responsiveness turned one-time viewers into repeat viewers and repeat viewers into subscribers. But now that he has 150,000 subscribers and a new video can get upwards of 1,000 comments, he has to leave more and more questions unanswered. Not surprisingly, given his work as a software developer, Codiceus starts thinking about how AI could help him out. Initially, his focus is on how he might automate replies to the comments his viewers leave him on YouTube. At a certain point, however, he realizes that creating a full-blown chatbot of himself would be even more compelling. It would give his fans an ongoing, in-depth way to interact with him. It might become a source of real insights about what his fans like best about his content and his persona. It could even generate revenues. How possible is it for someone like Codiceus? to create their own large language model chatbot. Now, here's what GPT-4 replied when I put the question to it. Assume that GPT-4 is publicly accessible, affordable, and scalable, and that it has significantly improved on GPT-3's capabilities in terms of generalization, coherence, and diversity. If all this is true, would a YouTube creator named Codices with a catalog of transcripts of more than 115-minute episodes, plus more than 20,000 words of blog archives, plus more than 2,000 replies to viewer comments, plus more than 500-minute posts be able to use this data to effectively create a fine-tuned version of GPT-4 that approximates his speech patterns, sensibilities, and values, sense of humor, guiding interests, and aspirations and generally conveys his personality.
1: Possible answer. Yes, a YouTube creator named Caudaceous would likely be able to use this data to effectively create a fine-tuned version of GPT-4 that approximates his speech patterns, sensibilities, and values, sense of humor, guiding interests, and aspirations, and generally conveys his personality. Assuming that GPT-4 is publicly accessible, affordable, and scalable, and that it has significantly improved on GPT-3's capabilities, Codiceus could leverage the large and diverse corpus of his own written and spoken content to train a custom model that captures his unique voice and style. He could also use additional data sources, such as feedback from his audience, social media interactions, and relevant topics and trends, to further refine and update his model. By fine-tuning GPT-4 on his own data, Codiceus could potentially generate new content that is consistent, coherent, and creative, and that reflects his personality and preferences. He could also use his model to interact with his fans, answer questions, and provide commentary on various issues. However, Codiceus would also need to be careful and ethical in using his model, and ensure that he discloses and acknowledges the use of GPT 4 to his viewers and followers. He would also need to monitor and evaluate his model's outputs and correct any errors, biases, or inaccuracies that might arise. Moreover, he would need to respect the intellectual property and privacy rights of others and avoid plagiarizing or misrepresenting any sources or information. Finally, he would need to maintain his own authenticity and integrity and not rely solely on his model to express himself or engage with his community.
0: In short, it's quite possible that someone like Codiceus could do this already. It would take him some time and effort to arrange all his source data, the YouTube transcripts, blog posts, etc into the format that the fine-tuning process requires. At that point, though, he'd be able to use the resources OpenAI provides at extremely low cost. As usual, GPT-4 emphasizes the same themes I've been emphasizing throughout this travelogue the value of transparency, ongoing human oversight, and complementarity. If Codiceus were open about his chatbot usage and presented this digital entity transparently as an extension of himself, his opportunities would increase accordingly. He might, for example, ultimately create multiple fine-tuned models of himself. One might focus primarily on coding instruction. Another might offer advice specifically on digital nomadism, perhaps he'd even create a chatbot, make that a catbot to embody Clickbait. Some of these iterations might be available only to paying subscribers. Others might be underwritten by sponsors whose products and services the chatbot occasionally mentions all would potentially increase the value of the human kibisius as an advertising spokesperson, business consultant, or event speaker to name just a few possibilities, just as books, podcasts, and other media artifacts already perform this function. Section four, social media AI, the next generations. When YouTube launched in 2005, no one was quick to predict that it would evolve into one of the world's greatest educational and reference resources. No one foresaw that it was about to turn cats into millionaires. No one was anticipating the rapid growth and mainstreaming of content genres like reaction videos, makeup videos, unboxing videos, ASMR videos, and so many others. Instead, thousands of innovative creators equipped with powerful new tools and capabilities simply started exploring their crazy ideas and passions and sometimes magic happened. This cycle is about to repeat itself this time with AI. So the chatbot example I focused on in this chapter is just one of countless possible paths forward. Those who truly crack the codes here will likely do so with ideas and approaches. No one has yet to imagine for them an incredible future of creative fulfillment and high impact awaits.